Hey everybody, welcome to episode 136 of the Metal Detecting Show podcast. This week we talk about urban metal detecting and we have another question for Dr. Detector. So let's get on with the show. This week we're going to talk about metal detecting in an urban environment. Metal detecting is often taught to be the hobby of country boys and girls with access to pastures and fields and beaches. But that's not always the case. Did you know that urban metal detecting, and that is metal detecting within a city environment, can be a highly rewarding part of the hobby? Not only will you have an unlimited supply of spendables, but you also have the opportunity to sprinkle in some old-fashioned relics among your finds. But like anything, you have to check with city ordinance on whether you need a permit or permission to hunt wherever you're planning to hunt. You don't want to just rock up to a spot and be knees deep in a hole and get that tap on the shoulder asking you, where's your permit? And risk getting your equipment confiscated. So once you identify where you can and can't go, it's time to identify where you should go. And to do this, you need to identify the hotspots. You may remember my search pattern episode from a year or so ago, where we talked about understanding population movement and where people may or may not get choked up as they move from one popular area to another area. And a city is no different. You may have a stadium within the city. And if you've attended any of these sporting events, you will see that the authorities tend to herd the throngs of people towards the stadium along a well-known route or well-known path. And this is what I'm talking about, understanding people's movements from within the city. This is where you do your little bit of research. I'm always harping on about research, but this is where you start. You take out a map of your city and on that map, you mark all the popular spots for people to go. So be it parks, swimming spots, rivers. Most cities are built upon rivers. So there's obviously going to be a river bank at some stage. Mark all the major popular spots within the city, including stadiums or anywhere where people may be congregating. These will be your major hotspots within a city. But then take some time to figure out where the minor hotspots may be. It may be a farmer's market that only occurs one day a week. And for the rest of the week, that spot is empty. That would be a minor hotspot. Bus stops would be another minor spot. I think you get the idea. Bus spots, taxi ranks, even the city's main shopping street may be a minor hotspot or it may be major depending on how much searchable grass is within that main street. Most cities also have a party street, so I would also mark that spot on the map. So you've marked your major and your minor hotspots on your modern map. So now it's time to get down to the library and fish out an older map, possibly 50 years older, and carry out the same exercise again. Mark all your major and minor hotspots on the older map, as you see them on the map. Like I said, it may be an old swimming hole, or there may be an old wash house or something like that marked on the older maps. But depending on how far you go, mark all the major and minor hotspots on your older map as well. So now looking at your two maps, you potentially have a list of areas 
you can search within an urban environment. And I'd suggest actually listing these down on a notebook and marking the coordinates if you can. I would mark where these spots exist currently today. So you have your list. You know generally where it is. Now it's time to get your walking boots on, your bicycle, your car, or even public transport, and actually go to each and every one of these spots. Not with your detector, but you're going out on a recce. You're going out to suss out each of these spots for suitability in metal detecting. So you're checking, particularly from the older list, does that spot still exist? If it does exist, what form does it exist in? Is there any searchable area around it? Is there grass? Is there sand? Is there dirt? You get the idea. In other words, is there a potential? So you're measuring each site on its potential to yield some good finds. So you've gone to your list, you've visited each site, and now you should have a pretty comprehensive list of places you can go within an urban environment to hunt. So why did I go about asking you to compile this list? Well, for two reasons. The first reason is research is always good and you should always research your hunting grounds beforehand. And the second reason is urban metal detecting is like firing a shotgun. It's not like firing a bazooka. And what I mean is, if you were searching on a field, you have one field to focus on all day and that field may satisfy you for days on end and you may go there to your heart's content blissfully searching the field all day and every day and just having a great time of it. But the urban environment is different. Where the field is one shot, you can go out and bazooka the field. An urban environment is like a shotgun where you have to pepper and move from site to site because each of those sites may be quite small, but also each of those sites may get overrun with people there's a high probability that your window of opportunity on each of those sites is quite small. So you may get 30 minutes on one, you may get 45 on another, you may only get 10 minutes on one. But you have to have your list of sites ready to go because if you're going out spending a day detecting, you're going to move from one to the next, to the next, to the next. You're not going to bazooka it and have a field to just focus on all day. Unless, of course, you're focusing on some major parks or sporting grounds that you have access to. However, the vast majority of your sites within an urban environment will be small little pockets of ground that you're getting access to and will have a limited time to hunt on. Now, I know you're going to say to me, Kieran, why am I spending so much time traveling in between these sites? It doesn't make any sense to hop from one site to the next site. I'm wasting so much time. You are wasting a little bit of time. However, the probability of you finding something within an urban environment on those little pockets of land is way higher than it would be on a singular field. This is simply down to people throughput over the years. In a city environment, you're going to have hundreds, even thousands of people passing through these areas where on a field there may be hundreds of people gone through that field over a hundred years every year within an urban environment each of those sites may have thousands of people going through them so that indicates that the probability of you finding something good on those 
sites within an urban environment is quite high. So your fines to time ratio will be quite higher in an urban environment, so much so that it will offset the time that you spend traveling in between those hunting spots. So an urban environment has huge potential, but I bet I can think of some spots that you haven't thought of. And I know you're thinking of your nearest city or the city you're currently in. And I bet you I can name at least one spot that you haven't actually thought of. This one area has proven very successful for me in the past, particularly in delivering smaller fines. What I'm talking about is the gutters or the culverts, whatever you call them in your country. But the gutters in a city are designed to pull away the water. Now, some cities dump this water directly into their sewage system, but most of the older cities have a separate rainwater system. And generally, that rainwater system dumps that water into the nearest river. So if you're walking along the riverbed and you'll see these pipes sticking into the river, and what those pipes are there for are to take away the rainwater from the roads within the city. And if you think about it, all those gutters are siphoning all the small fines into the guttering system and eventually, after a long period of time, will dump them into the river just below where that pipe enters the river. Now, there are times every year where the river water level is low and you can get in there and you can have a detect in that area. If it's easy, don't risk your life to get in there. I, myself, I'm lucky enough that where I tend to hunt is edges of rivers and beaches, but urban level beaches, so mucky, dirty old beaches, where they regularly have rainwater pipes using gravity to take the rain away from the roads. I always find small pennies, and unusually enough, I always seem to find stud earrings, like the stud, stud type earrings, generally gold stud earrings <laughs> in those spots. That's one area I guarantee you didn't have on your list. So when you're doing your search, keep an eye out along the riverbeds to see where the rainwater is being dumped into the river. That is a major hotspot to get into. Another area you may or may not know about is desire lines. Desire lines. Desire. I desire your lines. <laughs> But desire lines, desire lines are literally shortcuts that have developed over time by people, by animals who are taking a shortcut or cutting off the corner or taking a trip across a field or a park. Generally, you'll see the difference of where the council wants you to walk versus where the people want to walk by a worn down strip of ground where people tend to walk over. These desire lines are also a great hotspot to be checking out. So when you are reviewing your sites, keep an eye out for these desire lines because that's where you could hit in a quick hunt while you're getting to these spots. Another fact that you may or may not know, the bigger the desire line, the more people have traveled over it. So you can actually gauge how popular or how populous an area is by the size of the desire line. And more people mean more fines, baby. So you've identified the hotspots, you've done your recce and identified areas where you can hunt. You have your permissions 
and you have your permits to hunt those areas, now it's actually time to get in there with your detector. So my advice in setting up your detector for an urban environment would be just to run it in park mode. Most detectors come with park mode and all park mode is really doing is setting your response and recovery to high to allow you to hunt in high trash areas. It will also set your discrimination fairly high to null out any aluminium and general bottle tops and stuff like that. So be aware of that. And you might think that's enough. However, there is one more setting that I would advise you adjusting, and that is sensitivity. And that is for two reasons. The first being you're in an urban environment and whether you know it or not, you're surrounded by electromagnetic interference. Your 5G, your 3G cell towers, you're surrounded by them. Some signs even on the side of shops have these inbuilt within them. So you're surrounded by electromagnetic interference and adjusting down your sensitivity will help with that. Also, adjusting your sensitivity down will ensure that you're not picking up any super deep targets. And my advice would be not to dig any hole below six inches. Now, that may be fine and you may go, okay, 10, 12 inches, I can dig this hole. But one, you're going to do some damage to the ground and, you know, that may get you in trouble. And two, you need a speed of operation. So get in and get out. So that is my suggestion is to go and dig a maximum of a six inch hole using only a hurry type digger. Don't use a spade. Don't use a big shovel. Just go with your knife and be pretty surgical around your holes within the city. Because the last thing you want to do, whether you're allowed to be there or not, is to draw attention to yourself by leaving the area you just hunted destroyed in holes and brown marks. And they may recover. However, because it's a highly populated area, you're going to draw attention and you're going to get yourself in trouble, whether you like it or not. So be surgical. Go in with your hurry knife and do a quick extraction and generally try to leave no trace. So urban detecting is a bit like being a sniper. You hunt, you move, you hunt, you move. And because you've already done your research, you have a list of sites and your next site to go to. And you may only do five to ten spots a day. However, because it's the city, you have the opportunity to rinse and repeat over and over again, purely based on the fact that a city is a highly populous area and those finds are going to be constantly replenished over and over and over again every year, much quicker than a beach or a field would ever do. And that's it for urban metal detecting. But up next, we have a question for Dr. Detector. Dr. Detector! And the question is from Shaggy. Shaggy asks... Can the doctor recommend a good GPS app? Shaggy also goes on to ask, can I explain what all those horrible little numbers mean because they're doing his head in? Thanks, Shaggy. Thanks for the question. And here's my answer. Firstly, you need to understand that the GPS chip or the GPS circuitry within your phone is only accurate to a radius of 4.9 meters or 16 feet. That means that you are standing in the circle 36 feet wide or 10 meters wide. So as an area that's 800 square foot, 
and in meters, I think it's 72 square meters. So your GPS app on your phone is never going to be accurate enough to log the location of a target to within 800 square feet. That doesn't mean you shouldn't log the location because generally, once you get in the area, you're going to be able to explain further about where you found something. But if you're looking for accuracy, your phone will never give you that accuracy. There is other GPS devices that can get you to within three feet, but they're expensive and I'm not going to recommend you buy one. So let's just focus on the phone. So like I said, your phone is generally only accurate enough to within 800 square feet. And do I recommend an app? I actually don't recommend an app because your phone, be it Android or an iPhone, has an inbuilt GPS logging function already. And all you have to do is set the location services on on your phone. Generally, that means by going into your camera and giving it permission to log your location. And this is the same on both Android and iPhone. And what happens then is when you take a photograph of your hole or your find, it actually logs the location of where you took that photograph. And you can see this by going into looking at info on the iPhone and looking at more details on Android. And you can see that the information in there with all those horrible little numbers and that location, generally you can just click on that and actually see on Google Maps or Apple Maps where that photograph was taken. So that's how you can log the location of a find by enabling location services on the camera app within your phone. And Apple will allow you to look at these photographs mapped out on a map and so will Google in Google Photos. So I don't recommend an app because it's already built in. So what do the numbers mean? Well, the numbers mean longitude and latitude and generally they're represented by decimal degrees as opposed to degrees, minutes and seconds, what you may be familiar with. So if you can imagine the globe as a circle and a circle has 360 degrees and if you divide each degree up into 60 parts, it becomes 60 minutes. And of course, then if you divide each minute into 60 parts, it becomes 60 seconds. So that's why you can have a location of degrees, minutes and seconds or DMS. There is a hybrid of both called DDM, degrees and decimal minutes. All they are is just a reformatting of the old degrees, minutes and seconds, which are just geographical coordinates of your position on the globe. I hope that makes sense. So my advice is you don't need an app. Your phone can already do this and you just need to know how to do it. And I hope I've gone a little bit along the way to help you figuring that out. And that's it, guys. Like and subscribe. If you don't like the look of me, you can go over to any podcast app or podcast directory of your choice and listen to the podcast directly from there. You don't have to do it within YouTube. If you have any questions, email drdetector at themetaldetectingshow.com or you can find the show on all social media platforms. We have a Patreon. We have a Buy Me A Coffee. So check those out as well. But most importantly, guys, get out there. Keep those questions coming in for the doctor. Get out into the city. In the city. City of... <laughs> in the city. Get out into the city. And good luck and happy hunting. And we chat to you all again next week. <laughs>